Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you for being here. Next week, can you believe it already? Christmas. We're so excited about that. hope you're excited about the birth of Christ and the King that came to this earth. Would you take your Bibles with me and turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, the famous passage where the Christmas story begins. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, let's go ahead and start with a word of prayer this morning. Father, thank you so much again for all you do for us. What a great privilege it is to spend some time this morning thinking about who you are and what you've done for us. Father, you sent your only begotten Son into this world. God, in the flesh, came down, was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Died on the cross for our sins that we might know how we can have an eternal home in heaven with you. Father, it is our great privilege to come today and worship you. See who you are and what you mean to us. And Father, what you can mean to a lot of people in this community and in this world today, if we will but do what you've called us to do. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. Thank you for all those who have chosen to be here. Father, they didn't have to be, but they've chosen to be, and we're grateful for that. I pray that today would be a help to them and encouragement. Father, as we step into this Christmas season and this Christmas week, Father, I pray that you would be our focus this week and that you would be all in all to us. We love you and we pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. Let me ask this question and if I like a little bit of participation, if possible, I know it's like almost 11 o'clock and you're still waking up, you know, I know how it is on a Sunday morning, right? I want you to raise your hand though with me if you are in this category, okay? How many of you like to look at the stars? Just raise your hand. Okay? I love looking at the stars. The more out of the city you can get, into the country you can get, the better the stars look. You get, you get um, it's called light pollution. Okay? And you, it's, you can look at the stars when there's no light pollution, just beautiful. It's just so awe-inspiring that you just, they continue to go on and on and on and on. I love looking at the stars. How many of you like looking at nature itself, just every aspect of nature? Good. I love nature. I love being in nature. I love being outside in it, experiencing the colors, the sounds, everything that goes together. I love being in nature. Now, here's another question. How many of you like watching people? <laughs> I love people watching. I love people watching. So much fun. Um, I learn a lot from people. What not to do, mostly, um, from uh, from watching people. The mall, that's the best place. Um, if you go to the States, Walmart, really good. I'm just telling you, just being honest. Uh, any buffet, any buffet in the States, really good for watching people. Anyway, if you want to watching people tips, come to me. I will help you out. We can watch people together. Love watching people and their interactions and how they work together with all kinds of other things. Truly, truly a lot of fun. How do you like watching TV? We're starting to slow down here a little bit, all right? Um, here, I, I have a real genuine, I mean this with all sincerity, I have a genuine problem. If we go out to eat, do not place me anywhere near a television, okay? We actually had this last week, okay? Don't place me anywhere near a television where I can see it because I will be so drawn to it that the conversation that we are supposed to be having, probably not going to happen, okay? It's very difficult. I have a real problem with that, all right? How many of you like watching plays, 
Like going to a theater watching a play, okay? I can give or take, it's all right. I don't know. I used to be in a couple when I was in high school. Those are proud days for my parents, I'll tell you. Okay, how many of you uh, like looking at art? Anybody? That's something I think I feel like I need to do more of. Um, I don't look at any art, not something that I get excited about right now, but maybe it's something I need to work on. Well, Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 51, the Bible says this, Mine eye affecteth my heart. So if you're in the habit of writing things down, write this down. What we look at affects our heart. What we look at affects our heart. Again, think about this. When we look at the stars, what do we feel? Awe. Just awe. Wow. Isn't that? Look at that. When we look at nature, we feel very much the same thing. When we look at people, we may not feel awe, okay? But what we look at affects our heart. I've looked at people, and my heart's been broken for them. Broken. I've looked at people, and I've laughed hysterically. I've, I've looked at all kinds of different things, and it affects my heart. What we look at on the television can affect our heart. What we look at affects our heart. But I want to add this. Again, if you're in the habit of writing things down, write this down. What we look for affects our heart. What we look for affects our heart. All of us have things that we look forward to, don't we? I do. Every year I look forward to the holidays when I can spend time with my family and friends. I love it. I look forward to it. I anticipate it. I'm excited about it. I'm ready for it. Every year I look forward to the fishing trip that I get to take. I look forward to that. I look forward, I looked at my fishing rods the other day and I thought, I can't wait for that day. I look forward to my hunting trip every year. I look forward to my camping trip every year. I love those things. I look forward to those things. And every week, most of us have something that we look forward to, small, maybe seemingly insignificant, but we look forward to those things. Here, hear me. What we look for, hear me, affects our heart. What we look for affects our heart, but not just specifically what we look forward to in our calendar, but hear me, but more specifically what we look forward to in our lives. What we're looking for in our lives. So let me ask you this question this morning. What are you looking for in life? What are you looking for in life? Are you looking for success? There are many people who do. Most of us that sit here, if I was to ask you, do you want to be a failure, probably no hands would be raised. We all want to be successful, so are we looking to be successful? Are you looking for prosperity? Are you looking for friends? Are you looking for justice? You don't know what they did for me. I'm looking for justice. Are you looking for peace? Again, are you looking for joy? Are you looking for freedom? Again, the list could go on and on and on. What are you looking for in life? Today's story is all about looking. And what we look at. Once again, it's my goal to bring the characters of the Christmas story to life. Again, not to their time, but to our lives specifically. And I want to ask once again this question. What would the Christmas story be like if you were in it? What would the Christmas story, if you, where you sit right now in 21st century Christianity, what would the Christmas story look like if you we're a part of it. Let's look at our story today in Luke chapter 2. Look at verse 25 with me. 
The Bible says this, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had, notice, seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and the rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Simeon. Simeon is not a very well-known character of the Christmas story. Maybe you've heard of him before. If you've grown up in church, I'm sure he's been talked about. But Simeon, to our understanding, is not mentioned anywhere else in the Bible, this Simeon anyway. There are other Simeons in the Bible, but this Simeon is not mentioned anywhere else that we know of in the Bible. It's just this story, just these 10, 11 verses. Here in the middle of Luke chapter 2 is where we just see one simple man, one Simeon of Jerusalem. But the theme of his life was this. He was looking for a Savior. Just simple 10, 11 verses, just a short, simple uh, a story of a man, but his theme of his life was simply this. He was looking for a Savior. These verses are given to this man focused solely on that. That was his life's goal. That was his life's mission was simply to look for a Savior. Look again with me in verse 26. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost, notice this, that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. You won't die until you see Jesus Christ. Wouldn't that be nice to know? Or maybe not. I'm not sure. Because then what are you asking the question? When? How long? How long do I have to wait? Is this going to come? Is, am I going to be 300 years old? Am I going to be 50 years old? We don't know when he was given this information. We just know that he knew that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Christ. This was his whole goal. This was his whole mission. This was his life. The greatest joy of his life, though, came when Simeon finally saw the salvation of the Lord in Jesus Christ. Notice with me verse 28 again. The Bible says this, Then took he him up in his arms and blessed the Lord, blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Can you just imagine this scene? Old man, he walks into the temple, and he sees finally Jesus Christ. He sees him. Can you imagine just him wrapping him up in his arms and taking him in as carefully as you can with a newborn baby, jumping up and down. This is the Lord Christ. 
They're looking for confirmation. They hear songs at Christmas played over the radio. Yes, there are still a few played over the radio that talk about Christ. They've heard about this Christ and they're looking for confirmation. They've heard about a Savior of the world and they're looking for confirmation. And guess who they're looking to for that confirmation? You. Your coworker. Your neighbor. The light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. And verse 16 says this, Let your light so shine before men. For what purpose? That they may see your good works and what? Glorify your Father which is in heaven. Listen, we need to be acting in a manner that tells everybody in the world there is a God. There is a Jesus. There is a Christ. There is a Savior of the world. That person to whom you've talked about, that person to whom you say you've uh, uh, surrendered your life to, that person that you go worship every Sunday, is he real? You're the confirmation. You're the confirmation. Simeon's entire life goal was this, looking for Jesus Christ. That's all he was looking for. He was looking for Christ. He was looking for him, wondering where, wondering when. When was this going to come to fruition? And when the time came, guess what? Simeon's heart was prepared because he had been looking for Jesus. What are you looking at today? What are you looking for? So many of us are so distracted again by everything else in this world. And don't get me wrong, it's easy to be distracted. Very easy. But hear me again, what we look for affects our heart. What's in our heart then, guess what it does? Comes out of our mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And then guess what happens? What comes out of our mouth is what we are known for. What comes out of our mouth defiles us, the Bible says in Matthew. So I want you to see this. What we look at affects our heart. What's in our heart comes out of our mouth. And what comes out of our mouth is what we are known for. So let me ask you, what are you known for? I, again, I've mentioned this, I don't know how many times over the last couple of weeks. I love hunting, I love fishing, I love being outside. Am I known for that? My job is to stand up and preach and tell everybody, again, am I known for just preaching or am I known for my heart? What's coming out of my heart to, through my mouth? Listen, Simeon is known for one thing. That's it. Seeing the Lord's Christ. He's known for one thing, and what the, the only words that we ever see come out of his mouth are all about Jesus Christ. The only thing ever written about him is what he saw and what he said. What he's known for is what was in his heart that came out of his mouth, and that is what he's known for. Hear me. So many of us are known for so many different things, but are we known for Jesus? 
Are we known for Jesus? Let me ask you this simple question this morning. Are you looking for Jesus? Are you looking for him in everything that you do? Are you so focused on Jesus that he is actually changing your heart? Are you so focused on him that he's changing who you are and he's leading you and he's guiding you every step of your life and you're with him and you're walking with him? Are you looking for Jesus? Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, the Bible says this, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's our goal, to be looking at him. Why? Because he's the author and the finisher of our faith. He died on the cross for our sins. He is everything to us, or he should be. Are you looking for Jesus? You say, Pastor Yomans, I'm already saved. I already know Jesus Christ is my personal Savior. Let me congratulate you. That's wonderful. If that's not you today, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Can I encourage you to know him today? To know him in a very real way. He died for your sins on the cross. Christmas was just the beginning of the story. He was born, lived 33 and a half years, perfect, spotless sinless. The Bible says that he was put on a cross in every sin, your sin, my sin, every sin of the, every person ever to walk the face of the planet, past, present, future, was placed upon Jesus Christ, he who knew no sin, and he took that, and he died for you, and the Bible says that he went to hell, suffered there for three days and three nights, but conquered death and hell in the grave when he rose again. That's Easter, we celebrate that. But if you don't know that today, can I encourage you to know him? Look for him. You say, Pastor Jonas, I already know that. I already know Jesus Christ is my personal Savior. I've already looked for him. Listen, can I encourage you? Keep looking. Matthew chapter 11. Some of my favorite verses in all the Bible. Verses 28 to 30. Jesus says this, come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And then he says this, take my yoke upon you, and what? And learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Listen, we're trying to live life on our own. We're trying to do all we can do. We're trying to uh, work. We're trying to make friends. We're trying to be prosperous, and we're trying to have all of these different things in our life. We're looking for different things in life. But Jesus says, you're laboring hard for that. Come unto me. Come unto me, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And guess what? And all these things shall be added unto you. What are you looking for today? Simeon's entire life was all about looking for the Savior. Looking for the Savior. You see, what can people know about Jesus because of me? Let's say I start looking for Jesus. What's it going to make a big deal? What's the point? What can people learn about Jesus from you? Here's what it could bring. Number one, it could bring salvation. You realize that you hold within you 
the opportunity to help someone know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. The Bible calls it the good news or the, the gospel. It says this, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. You, ha- you have the gospel in, in an earthen vessel. In this earthen vessel, you can show somebody salvation. Look at verse 30 in Luke chapter 2. Notice this. For mine eyes have seen thy what? Salvation. Which thou hast prepared before the face of what? Of all people. You see what Simeon was saying? He's saying, listen, I've seen the salvation of the Lord, the salvation of God that has come for all people. For everybody that's in this temple right now, it's for everybody. For everybody that's outside of this temple right now, it's for everybody. It's for all people. Hear me, people need to know. People need to know. People need to know that Jesus is salvation for them. You need to know it. How are they going to know it? I can tell you one way. Through you. They can know salvation through you. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, the Bible says this, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The name of Jesus. Are you looking for Jesus? Because, hear me, what you look for will affect your heart. And what's in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. And what comes out of your mouth is what you're known for. Do people know Jesus from you? Can they experience salvation? People need to know that Jesus is the answer. They need to know that Jesus is the reason for the hope that we have in us, 1 Peter chapter 3 says. They need to know it. Not only can we show them salvation, number two, we can show them light. Notice verse 32 at the beginning. The Bible says this, a light to lighten the Gentiles. Now, there's a whole lot of theological things that I will get into. Actually, if you would like to get into this, I'm going to get into it on Wednesday nights in our Roman series. A light to lighten the Gentiles. But I want you to see this just simply, a light. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 2, the Bible says this, The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. This is a direct prophecy about Jesus Christ. The light is Jesus. John chapter 8 and verse 12, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. There are people in this world that are walking literally in darkness. I'm not trying to say that we're better than anybody else. I'm just trying to say that the world doesn't know what direction they're going. I don't know up from down, right from left. I don't know if you've ever walked around in the dark before, but it's pretty easy to get lost without a light. In fact, the greatest 
hope that you can have when you're walking around aimlessly in the dark is just one light. Light brings hope in a dark world. Light brings hope. Don't miss this. The world has no idea what direction they're headed. They're wandering aimlessly around as sheep having no shepherd. And we, we, you that sit here right here today, you can be a simian to them. You can share the hope of Jesus Christ with them. You can give somebody light that's lost in darkness, number three, and finally, you can give them glory. Notice verse 32 again. A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Now hear me. When we show Jesus Christ to other people, what are we doing? We are actually glorifying Jesus Christ. We're allowing his light to shine through us. We're giving him the honor that is due him as was sung a couple times already this morning. But notice with me again the, the phrasing of this. It is the glory of thy people Israel. Jesus would be the glory of the people of Israel. The crowning jewel, so to speak. The lion of Judah. He's what Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Listen, this was not just some child. This was the glory of Israel. All of Israel can say, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Although thou be the littlest among, Jesus was still born in Bethlehem. The King of Kings was born in Israel. The Lord of Lords was born in Israel. The Alpha, the Omega was born in Israel. It's the glory of the people of Israel. Hear me. Jesus is the greatest thing to ever happen to us. He's the greatest thing to ever happen to mankind ever in the history of mankind. Maybe I need to tell this story again, but several years ago I found $1,000, almost $1,000 on the side of the road. Let me, let me tell you something. That was one of the greatest things that ever happened to me. In fact, I can't drive now without looking for it to happen again. Oh, please, God, let me see more money. But guess what? It was one of the greatest things that ever happened to me. Do you know how many people I told about that? A lot. You'll never believe it. How often do you see that happen? I told everybody. Why? Because it was a great thing that happened to me. When I got married, guess what? We told everybody. Why? Because it's one of the greatest things that ever happened to me. Hear me, Jesus is the greatest thing to ever happen to us. How many people have we told about it? How many people have we said, hey, guys, this is the greatest thing to ever happen to me? And maybe that's not your personality, to be like crazy person up here walking around yelling and screaming. Listen, if something great happens to you, you tell people about it. You just do. 
You can't help it. Why? Because it's affected your heart and out of the abundance of your heart, what your mouth speaks and what you're speaking is what you're known for. You can't help it. First Peter chapter 4 and verse 10 has kind of been the theme verse of December for us. I want you to see it again. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. This Christmas we're going to give gifts. Kind of made fun of that a little bit last week. We're going to give gifts to those people that we love. We're going to enjoy some time. and We're going to spend time, but hear me. For Christmas this year, instead of thinking about all the gifts that we're going to give, maybe it's time to think about the gift that we've already been given. We've been given the greatest gift anyone could ever give in Jesus Christ. For lack of a better phrase, we've seen Jesus. We've experienced his salvation. We know him as our personal savior. We've experienced his light. We no longer walk in darkness. Can I simply ask you, who have you told about that gift? Let me ask one last time today. What would the Christmas story be like if you were Simeon? Would you have even showed up at the temple that day? Ugh, I'm not going in there again. Week after week after week, no Jesus. Would you have even recognized the Savior? Simeon's life exemplified Bible Baptist Church's vision statement. Our vision statement simply is this. Seeking Christ and sharing hope. This was everything that Simeon did. His life was characterized by seeking Christ. And when he finally saw him, what did he do? He shared the hope of him. And I encourage you, Bible Baptist Church, to live out the vision statement. Seeking Christ and sharing hope. Will you seek him daily? Will you share his hope every time you get an opportunity? Will you reach out to him so that you can reach out to others with a message of hope? Those that need salvation, those that need light, those that need the glory of Jesus Christ. Will you be Simeon? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day, for this opportunity that you've given us. Father, I pray that as we hopefully look deep into our lives, pray that we would ask ourselves, are we truly looking for Jesus? Again, this Christmas time is a wonderful time to start. Christmas time is a wonderful time to refocus on that again. And Father, I pray that there would be some people in this room today that would say, I haven't been, and I need to be. Father, if there's one here today, 
or one listening online or one that will hear this days, months, weeks down the road, Father, that they would know you as personal Savior. They've never accepted you as personal Savior. They don't know what their sin is leading them to. Father, I pray that they would come to you, realize who you are. Father, would you continue to work in our lives as only you can. Father, we'll pray all these things in your name.